0: that's right. we're talking about podcasts in a podcast so content marketing as we know comes in many different shapes and sizes creators these days have a lot of options don't they blogs social media posts visuals video and you name it it's there so lately, we've added podcasting to this mix, and podcasts seem to be a growing trend that is here to stay. And as a budding journalist myself, I thought, why not start my own? I mean, how difficult would it get, right? But I'm not sure that's what everybody thinks. So we have uh, my guest who will shed light on the very difficulties and the benefit of being into uh, the podcasting industry so a very warm welcome to Chirag Desai founder of Amaya Media UAE's largest podcast network that aims to unlock the untapped potential of on-demand audio content for the Middle East thank you so much for joining us today Chirag
1: well no it's my pleasure and hello everybody
0: how are you doing
1: I'm good I'm good um it's, uh, it's good to talk to you as well, obviously, as you know, love talking about podcasts and um we'll have to i 'm going to lean it to you to keep me in check and we you know make sure we stop at thirty minutes otherwise uh, we'll be here for a couple of hours.
0: I will make sure of that all right, so start starting with the basics first. Tell us about your journey into the world of podcasting, and what was your inspiration behind this
1: uh sure, so I mean my journey in podcasting starts. Uh It sounds very typical, which is uh, I was listening to a lot of podcasts and um and I decided to start one um one of the 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 sort of the larger uh, ideas I had was to kind of just have better conversations um i mean we We still see this a lot you know where a lot of discussions I feel are happening like over a headline rather than over actual content. Um, and so it was uh, it was just a way of starting to try to change that conversation. So I started a talk show. Uh, I chose podcasting just because I was listening to a lot. I liked the medium. Uh, it was something I was doing very regularly. I found it a lot uh, less intense in a way, right? Like uh, it's something you can do on the side, you can kind of be doing other things while you're while you're at it. I just felt it was a nice way to listen to something and you could deep dive into topics uh, quite freely. Um, and so, so that's what I started, and I started talking to what I called subject matter experts to try and contextualize conversations and topics, and get into them properly, and so on. So that's really, I mean, how I started. Um, the transition from there to to a, a media network and, and and creating all of this other stuff uh, happened a bit more gradually. But uh, kind of two of the things I, I I kept getting back from people who were listening to to what I was doing. Uh, was either, oh, wow, like I, you know, I didn't know that there was, this had happened and that had happened. I, was, I just heard the news that happened yesterday or in the last week. And there's so much more behind that story, which I thought was just really interesting or uh, an interesting, um, uh, gave me an interesting understanding of what, like, what time is like, what consumption is like today, right? And it's very, it can be very quick and people don't have time and attention spans are low, et cetera. Um, and then the other thing I kept hearing was, oh, you know, I listened to X. That was really cool. Can you do the same with this topic instead? Uh, because that's the thing I'm interested in. Um, and so that made me look more and more kind of into my space. I mean, I'm, I'm a UAE kid. I was, I've was, i been here most of my life. So uh, I was kind of looking around and thinking of people and conversations I was having here and realizing that I couldn't find that anywhere else. So, um, So that's kind of what made me think about starting or looking at podcasts a bit more formally. And so that's when I started going to the drawing board and thinking about what I was going to talk about, how I was going to talk about it. Uh, the first show idea I had was the one that became eventually Tales of the Trade, but it launched much, much later. Um, but around that time, I, you know, we had so many different ideas, and <laughs> I wanted to have so many different conversations. So uh, as soon as I got somebody on board that was willing to do that conversation with me, uh, I was like, okay, fine, this is a show, and then that's a show, and then suddenly I was sitting on about three or four different things, and uh, that's when the idea of putting them under a production banner and working them as a network started. And then, and then here we are.
0: So would you, would you call yourself a storyteller?
1: I do now. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't for a while. Cause it just, it feels, it feels odd, right. To say that about yourself, like you're a storyteller. I'm like, isn't everybody or doesn't everybody have a story? Uh, but now, yeah, I, now I do feel like, you know, considering all the episodes we've produced and all the conversations we've Uh, covered and the stories we've told that like okay i think i feel like i'm in a better place to say yeah i am a bit of a storyteller or more specifically an audio (laughs) story
0: i think that should make sense so um what kind of content uh do you love making and like what in your opinion uh, does the audience love or what they want to hear more of because you know there are already a million users um you know listening to and loving podcasts on a daily basis so what is that they need more out of podcasts now?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a bit of a loaded question, isn't it? Um so part one, which is the content I love making. Um I think I think kind of at the moment is in two types. Um I, I love I love talking to people, right? So I think uh what became Tales of the Trade, which is the show that I host as well. Uh, is just something I really enjoy doing because it allows me to kind of sit in depth with somebody. You know, uh, a lot of our interviews go on for like two hours. It's a different matter that we then, uh, you know, do a lot of work later to kind of make it into something that we feel a listener wants to hear, which is a 30-, 45-minute show, uh, kind of going over the story and kind of putting in the right insights and everything else. Uh, But I feel like the wherever there's an opportunity to bring something to the table that is uh, real so uh, authentic is maybe, or maybe but I think more real, right? Like it's realistic. So we talk to entrepreneurs, for example, and it's you can really glorify something like that very easily, right? Like uh, I did this and I made that much money and I would like so and so on. But there's so much reality behind all of those like headline stories or just the achievement rail or whatever uh, and i think that that's where i like to focus and that's where i like to get behind the person and kind of get to know them more and so on so that's i think one aspect i really enjoy doing uh the other one and i know you've kind of um seen some of this as well is is the is the narrative documentary style stuff where we're able to tell a story from start to finish uh in a in a in a well produced way and a well produced manner there's a lot you can do with audio there but i think just as a story i think that, that stuff i i really enjoy because i feel like it can be so informative uh, sometimes it can even drive discussion, right? Like you can touch on a topic that uh, someone could, uh, we, we had an episode like that recently where um, I, got, I got done and I just sent it to a group of my friends, right, on, on just a WhatsApp group saying, hey, I just thought this is something you might resonate with, you have a listen. And like for half a day, like we were talking about the episode and all the things that happened because we're all Gulf expat kids who um, went through certain kinds of experiences. Um, and I love that, right? Like I love the fact that you can do that. Uh, and and that's kind of the stuff I really enjoy doing.
0: Right. So what do you think, uh, will make yours or anybody else's content in that matter stand out, you know, despite, because there are so many, uh, out there. So how do you try and make your content stand out from the rest?
1: Uh, there's, there's a couple of things. I mean, one is that we, if you look purely on a technical standpoint, I think the, the the quality of the production does make a difference, right? So, if you're listening to something that is, you know, two people talking, you can kind of already tell that they, maybe they're not. Using the best mic, so they're not using uh, a good mic setup, or I shouldn't say best mics, but a good mic setup or something, or you're straining to hear some one of the people in the call right or or one person's too loud these are, these are like small technical things I think that make such a big difference to someone's listening um, environment right so most podcasts are listened to with headphones on and so volume adjustment those are like tiny things that can be such turnoffs right uh, and so then then of course you can complement supplement that with things like music and and voices and we do a lot of that kind of stuff when we when we post-produce where we're kind of very, very mindful of the fact that one person isn't talking for way too long and suddenly stops feeling like a conversation. Uh, you know, is there enough contrast in the voices when we're transitioning? This, these are kind of the small technical things we try and do uh, to try and create that better listening experience. Uh, but from a con
0: Storytelling is not everything, right? I mean, you have to have technical knowledge Absolutely. and... Absolutely, yeah. There's so much more that goes into um, making a good show instead of you know just two people talking or maybe discussing something.
1: Yeah, and, I, and in a way that's true in, in almost any medium, right? If you look at even things like photography, you look at video, you look at audio, right? Uh, it's it's one thing to to know what to capture and what to say and what to do. It's another thing to how, uh, how you go about doing it as well, right? Like a, a simple thing like a camera angle being 20 degrees off can change the way the composition of a picture looks, right? Uh, and the same thing is true even in audio, right? Like when we, sometimes we do like sort of uh, hard cuts, heart changes in voice when we're doing, let's say it, this only this happens when you're doing a documentary style show. Uh, and without any introduction, we kind of kind of shock the listener into listening and, and paying attention or bringing them back. These are kind of uh, tricks and things, you, some of it you pick up, some of it you learn, uh, and you do them because you want to create that, that experience. So that, that technicality does really help when you're trying to do things at a, at a more professional level or, or at a larger scale. Uh, so that, that's one aspect. I mean, from a content side, of course, I mean, that, that's, this is not to say that storytelling, uh, or we should, we should sideline the storytelling aspect. And I think, um, you know, good interviewing skills, I know it's something we've talked about, uh, is so, so, so important, right? Uh, and you get better with this with time, but I think if you're able to piece to, it, to... There's two parts to that. One is when you're in the interview room and you're talking to somebody, can you get them to tell you the things that you want to... that you think has value for the listeners... Can you tell, can you make sure that they get that in an authentic way, you know, not in their rehearsed way, which I think is so is is where I I I look at trying to create that difference, right? So invariably I find that if I have a two-hour conversation with somebody, it's the second hour that I'm generally releasing. Or there's more content coming out of the second hour than from the first hour. Because the first hour, you know, they're on their guard, they're kind of giving you the answers they've tons of people have asked them before. Um, and 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 that's when they start getting realer, and they kind of wear them down. Sometimes, sometimes you—I don't, I don't mean corner them, but you know—but you.
0: So it's like so you want to make sure they're not reading from a script, and you know they're more authentic uh in their responses, and you're getting new content out of them instead of the. I think
1: yeah. I, it's it's yeah, it's a combination of all of that. I mean, if if it's some if I'm if I'm interviewing someone that has been interviewed a lot, I do go and listen to. Uh, a few of their interviews to kind of get a sense of who they are as a person, but also what is the kind of stuff they tend to say. And then I try to avoid, like I try to, you know, not get into that too much. So I'll skip over, like, you know, uh, just I'll, I'll throw a random example here, but let's say someone got acquired Right, they, they started a business and then they got acquired and because they got acquired, uh, you know, literally every publication and every other show has captured them talking about their acquisition. Like I'll spend only five minutes on the acquisition. It's an important highlight. We should talk about it. But I won't get into it because I'm like, you know, that, this is some, that's something someone can get literally anywhere. But I might get into uh, how did you get into the room with the, with the people that eventually acquired you, which might be really interesting Uh, And it's something they don't talk about, right? They might only talk about the final dollar amount, let's say. So those are kind of things where I I kind of try and look at as much as I can. A lot of this happens, you know, it's all pre-interview, right? So the research phase where we try and piece things together makes such a big difference in terms of getting, you know, the kind of content we want out there.
0: In your opinion, um, so let's say we've gotten the right story, the good um, interviewers, skills are awesome, everything's on point, but then... You need some kind of marketing to reach the right kind of audience for them to hear you. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, like, uh, yeah, what I always say is, you know, at the end of the day, we're making content for listeners to hear if they're not going to hear, it doesn't matter how good your content is. Right. So, uh, podcasting is an interesting space, uh, when it comes to marketing, because, uh, it's one of the very few mediums that is still very decentralized. So uh, just to, to give you a simple example, I mean, if you look at something like YouTube, so YouTube is the one go-to platform for everything video, right? The, the content publishers are there, the consumers of the video are there, uh, the marketing, the ads, every, all of it, the monetization, the whole piece exists on this one platform that that, eats, that, you know, that contains, the, you know, I don't know, 99% of the world's video or something. Uh, Podcast, on the other hand, like every aspect of the chain I just described is in a separate place. Right, so uh, me as a producer could record things on uh, any random equipment, uh, could host it uh, on, on any platform. Uh, you as a consumer could listen on, again, a gajillion platforms. Um, and then the, the distribution, the marketing happens on an entirely different platform, typically things like social media. Um, and so one of the... Yeah, I, in a way, there's, 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 there's something good about that, right? Because we've seen... Uh, the it's, it's very empowering, that uh, you have so much flexibility in a medium to, to kind of create uh, your content, but also to kind of host it, to kind of publish it, and so on. Um, the downside of this, of course, is that because things are not as consolidated, discovery is difficult. Um, you know, it's not like someone can go to a site and say, let me just look through all the podcasts that have been produced in the last, you know, like in a feed and see which ones I enjoy and then this one will link me to another one, link me to another one. This is not something we have like, like,
0: like, Do you so think there are certain podcast directories that, you know, um, people prefer more than others or, They're better in terms of quality and um, engaging the audience.
1: In terms of the platforms, not really, right? So in in terms of the platforms, yeah, we do do see preferences. I mean, pretty much the top two today are Apple and Spotify in terms of both the the length and breadth of the directories, but also the reach that they have. Uh, And that's just, I think, a, a usage thing, right? So Spotify is pretty popular. Uh, worldwide and is is doing really well, but Apple Podcast was the really the first kind of consolidated directory that existed across the board. So it's all, uh, still maintains to be it's still main, uh, is, is still very popular, uh, but also is um, kind of the de facto uh, directory, right? So uh, so that that's kind of the two places where where those things happen. But remember again that those are essentially directories, right? So yes, both platforms are doing things to help discovery, right? They're creating curated lists and they're creating. Spotify has, a, for example, a feature. Uh, that that kind of judges based on the podcast you listen to, what podcast you potentially might be interested in, which they launched last year. Apple is doing a lot of curated lists, right? So they do things like, if you like listening to in-depth interviews, here are some podcasts in your region that are interesting. So they they do they are they are trying, and that discovery piece is still on. But it's not it's not anything close to you like YouTube, right?
0: So finally, what would you say about the future of this? You know, this mushrooming technology and its counterpart that is video podcasting how do you think this is going to e- evolve in the near future
1: so we, well video podcasting is a bit of a it's an interesting term right because podcasts are audio shows um uh, yeah we're seeing we're seeing a lot of uh, yeah they, they, they are fortunately being called uh, video uh, podcasts and uh, the technical side of me gets very annoyed by that but unfortunately that's what it is uh no i, I think look i, I think that uh, there's a gro- huge growth area for something like podcast right um I was looking at the number the other day. uh, Nielsen, I think there's a Nielsen number that says there are about 8 million radio listeners in the UAE alone or something, or 7 something, 7 to 8 million. That's a lot of people, right? Um, And that's a lot of people that are potentially people who enjoy listening to audio content, although they listen to live audio content, uh, which means that that's the growth potential just in the UAE for something like podcasting, right? Um, And then when you say that we have content that's regional, content that's, um, you know, stories about people that live in this part of the world and, or, or expats and so on. Uh, it means that there's also content that resonates quite a lot with them.
0: Would you like to tell us about your top two, three tips that you would have for, um, podcasting as a whole and especially for people, uh, who are looking into, you know, moving into podcast, the podcasting industry, um, soon people like me.
1: <laughs> sure, uh, uh, I think the, I think the the one that I always like to say or tell people is have some kind of a plan, um, and that is a it's a broad term to say think about what is your podcast going to be about, have at least some kind of central idea or theme, I and mean, it doesn't have to be a central topic. All the, it doesn't have to be one topic all the time. Uh, you could be in a certain space, but kind of think about that. Uh, one of the biggest problems with podcasts uh, and even content creation in general is people drop out very easily in in the podcast space. 40, 40 to 45% of the shows don't make it beyond like an episode 10, which is quite a very telling number. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it, it's kind of a sign that either, of course, other things come in, come in, in, in the middle of things, but it's also a sign that maybe there's no content place to go to anymore, right? You've done this thing, you've done five episodes, and now six episodes, you just really don't know what to talk about. Um, And I think that that's super, super important to, uh, if you want to create something like this, and especially podcasts, and this kind of ties into point two, which is podcasts are very long-term payoff. uh, It's a very long-term payoff medium, right? We talked about how decentralized it is. We talked about so many aspects of the chain that you kind of have to get around and so on. And I think that because of that, you kind of have to have a little bit of a long-term plan or long-term thought process, right? Like you have to be willing to get to doing all the things that help you build an audience and create your content and and produce it well and and get it out there and then uh, do all of these things, uh, which it looks easier. um, And and there's no doubt that podcasts have a a lower barrier to entry than something like video, uh, but it 's still important right to plan it it 's still important to put out good content it 's still important to then take that content and make sure people listen to it, so uh, you have to do those parts of the chain but then the, the other uh, advice I would leave people with is also as we 've talked about, um, you know understand the technicalities of audio. Uh, something as simple as buying an external mic can completely uplift your your uh, your audio quality and can completely change uh, the willingness for someone to listen to you. So, so there are very, very small things you can do that have very big payoffs in, in the podcast world. Uh, something, like I said, something as simple as microphones, understanding, um, you know, the fact that if you have different channels for each person, it makes, again, a big, it, it, it makes the quality of the thing, everything better. So, so, there very, so there are two or three very tiny things you can do with big payoffs. Uh, so, you know, it's always good to understand the technicalities.
0: Would it be planning, researching, and then being a little bit of an engineer there?
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's a bit, uh, it, 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 it might, it might uh, someone might hear that and think like, okay, that's a bit much. Uh, but no, I just, I just mean, you know, understand that, uh, understand what audio, what audio is at a technical level, which means understand what putting a mic in front of somebody does and what that sounds like and test and play with that. Uh, because tomorrow when you're interviewing someone uh, you need to have that peace of mind to know that the quality of what is being said is going to sound good. You can't, you can't be finding out, uh, you know, a week later when you're, um, when you're editing something that the audio from your guest is pathetic.
0: All right. So I think with that response, I believe it's a time for a wrap on this episode. So thanks so much for tuning in and thank you so much for this wonderful interview, Chirag. Great having you on board and we have a long we have a very long way to go for the zena versus series thanks so much all right so this was the zena versus series thanks so much for tuning in and see you next episode